You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rota Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, as always, from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood. What's up, Will? We read it. Sorry, I had to get it in. I've been wanting <laughs> to have that be like the pump-up song, Joes, for a long time. At least a couple weeks, Ryan, which is a long time during these this uh this year that is 2020 yeah and we just have a couple weeks left will we we are, are deep in the fantasy playoffs now um hopefully if you're listening you got a lot of teams still in it if not that's okay it's dynasty we'll we'll talk about other things as well values that type of thing but um right now we're in playoff mode um will are you focused mostly on your playoff matchups or are you thinking about how you can fix some of your teams that are are, are not in the playoffs only playoff matches. I only have two leagues right now where trading is still open that I would be active in trading. Uh, I think some of the contract le- leagues still are contract leagues, but uh, I've yeah. made some offers and gotten some responses, uh, even from our long lost brother Trey Barrett. Ooh, trying to uh, trying to move any because I'm out of the play. I was I made the playoffs in both these leagues. In one round, I lost to you, where that team didn't even really belong in the playoffs overall, and I don't really know what to do with it. It's like a it's it's like that middling team that has some good assets, but the oh come on, you've got the, some nice younger younger talent on there. You got Jonathan Taylor and some other guys. Come yeah, on. but if the if the wide receiver core doesn't pop, you know, if like if Chris Godwin doesn't return to something special because it's half PPR, so he's not that big, you know, PPR score. Like if the other right. assets don't pop, I'm kind of or or if one of the if one of my running backs go down, I'm very uh, it's it's like high risk. So uh, I'm trying to mitigate that a little bit and. I looked for holes on all the playoff teams and our buddy Trey, his biggest hole is at quarterback and I have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers playoff schedule is, is, is very nice. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's nice or not. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just on fire this year. He could play anybody and, um, you know, have a chance to throw for 305 touchdowns each week. So it's been a pretty Uh, fun season to watch Aaron Rodgers, just how easy he makes the game look. Anyway, yeah, it, 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 it has been fun. I mean, it, it, yeah, he's, he's, it has, has had this resurgence and people like me that were kind of, I'll be honest. I was like, as, eh, you know, is this kind of the beginning of the inferno Rogers? Well, well, no, no, it's not. Um, at least, at least not in 2020. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens next year, but um, it's going to be fun to see what happens in green Bay with the whole Jordan love situation. And if they, they are foolish enough to try to move on from Aaron Rodgers and, and, and go that way, because if you have a quarterback like that, I think you ride him until it's very clear he's no longer a great, and and he is. So, uh, Green Bay would be wise to uh, keep him happy and not do anything foolish. But uh, well, let's let's go ahead and, and jump into our recap of Week 14, which was the first week of the fantasy playoffs for many many people. Um, and you know, I think in terms of moments, I, we, we gotta give Lamar Jackson the, the nod for Lamar Jackson moments of the week because, um, in, in some formats, he was the quarterback one, and in dramatic fashion, he emerged from the locker room and saved the day for the Ravens. Uh, that Monday night football game was unbelievable, and um, that's really my my first thing I want to say. That Monday night football game was so much fun, and if you had, um some, some matchups going into it where you had to rely on uh, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt or Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson or really anyone in that game, even Gus Edwards 
um, you probably were happy. Mark Andrews put up decent numbers. You know, Richard Higgins put up a pretty respectable line if you, if you were desperate enough to play him. So it was a fun, fun game and great for fantasy, great for the, the first week of the playoffs, unless you were facing somebody that was, was filled with uh, Ravens and, and Browns, then maybe you weren't so happy. But that was a great yeah. way to end the week. In one of my one of my two playoff losses in the week, Ryan, we mentioned about it before, but I went up against the vaunted Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb stack. Uh, wow, not not very common to see both starting in a fantasy playoff matchup, I would assume. But uh, I needed Lamar Jackson to outscore both of them by ten, like nine points, nine and a half points, and they put up four touchdowns. So yeah, it's kind so. of a it's kind of a high bar. So with, even with Lamar Jackson, I, the one thing I do like about this Ryan is we're seeing. Lamar Jackson become, uh, you know, like the equivalent of like a fantasy god again near the end of the season. I wonder how this is going to carry over into next year and where we value him. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if he can keep it up. I mean, I mean, I still have my my doubts. Um, in a, a league that you are, and I are in, I, I'm playing him in the semifinals, and uh, you know, like so. I actually in this team, uh, this team, I'm lucky enough to have Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, which you know, two months ago, I was like, felt great about that. I didn't have any questions about my quarterback tandem, but this week I started those guys and, and, you know, they, they did pretty well for me, but I, I ironically, I think if I'd started Trubisky and Tua who were on my bench, they outscored those two guys, I think. So that's, it's just how this works sometimes. It's just, well, and Kyler fantasy. went out for a player or two in that game too. It was very scary. I was going up against him in a redraft league. So it was uh, exciting for a moment then not. Yeah, I mean, he's still playing a little bit better, so we'll, we'll see what he can do um, this week. But um, Will, I, and I, th- I think they play um, they play Philadelphia, and their their secondary is pretty pretty um, beat up. So so maybe he can have some success. What, what about you though, Will? You've got several moments for the week fourteen. So what's your first moment? First moment, first and foremost, Ryan. There's a moment that happened this week that I think is being very very overlooked of what exactly went down. So Shaquem Griffin got his first career sack. Uh, when the Seahawks played the Jets. And in case this has been lost, Shaquem basically only has one arm. He's the brother of Shaquille Griffin, the, you know, yeah. almost all, all pro bowl or all pro cornerback for the Seahawks, and uh, was a fifth-round pick by them. Has kind of stayed on the practice squad roster there. And that is that is just awesome. It's awesome that he got his first career sack. Like that, his whole story, stayed on the team, and finally produced a, you know, a stat that, that really matters. He doesn't play a ton of snaps. He hasn't played a ton of games in his career. And that is uh, that should highlight the, the f- he's playing in the NFL, right? And he only has like, he, I mean, he, you know, he has two arms, but one arm is like, it's like two thirds of an arm ish. And it's a, uh, it's just incredible that he's even out there and able to do that. And it's just like his whole story and his whole draft career. It almost brings you to tears when you look at it and the kind of person he is and how he's persevered. So that was by far when I, uh, the, the moment of the week for, for I think, overall uh, that, that didn't, it just hasn't been highlighted uh, enough. And the other note is that Shaquem Griffin got the sack going one-on-one against Makai Becton, the first-round draft pick from the Jets. Yeah, that's cool. So it's not like he was going against some schlub. Makai Becton's been great when he's been able to play. Yeah, that, that, you're right. And, and that's something that no one, I mean, not many, many people are talking about, and that is a great – great moment um in fact i feel like we should have given him the the um the name the moments of the week after after him but um 
Silla Vida is fantasy relevant. So it's, it's, you know, we got uh, uh, Nobody was starting Shaquem Griffin in IDP. Uh, yeah, he plays I, like, like, yeah, he doesn't play enough snaps. Okay, well, probably not. Um, maybe in your best ball IDP league. Who knows? Um, <laughs> what, what about, um, why, don't you, why don't you give another? Because you, you've got more moments than I do. So why, why don't you give your next moment of the week? Okay, the other one was just in a league that I have Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. This roster is older. I'm kind of depleted and I'm in the playoffs but I'm struggling. I was the sixth seed. And so I put, it, it's a, it's a big starter league. You know, you start one at each position, you have a super flex, then you have like four or five flex spots. And I, I popped in Tony Pollard into the flex spot so that when Tony Pollard vultured that touchdown, it counted. And I won that week with that team. And there's nothing, actually there's nothing like it, but it is such a good feeling in fantasy. It's like a weird elation when you, have a panic start on your team and that player scores a touchdown. So I know this is very personal to me, but that's what this is. So enjoy everybody. Uh, that just like that, that guess and then hitting it, uh, you know, it, it, it made a, it made a decent difference. I mean, Lamar Jackson going off on that team, so it didn't really matter, but if Lamar Jackson didn't, you know, it was huge. Yeah, no, it, it is fun. It is fun when you throw guys like a, like a Dan Arnold or something in your tight end spot or whatever. And, and, and yeah, that, that it works out for you. That that's, that is always a, a fun thing. And, and Tony Pollard has looked pretty good. You know, I, I mean, um, and I, I think maybe he's put up comparable numbers to Zeke the, the past couple of weeks, which is, which is pretty scary. Poor Zeke. If you're relying on him in your playoffs, it's, that's always a, a shaky thing to, to put him in your starting lineup and he should have smashed. I know, I know we're not talking about letdowns, but he, but he could have been one. Um, uh, more moments, you know, for me, this is an obvious one, but finally seeing these rookie running backs pop. Um, we've, we've been waiting for, it seems like all season. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor had a great week. Uh, Cam Akers had the great Thursday night game. Um, uh, you know, we, we've had some, some guys that have been performing um, earlier this season, but not necessarily guys we thought we rely on early on, like Antonio Gibson and, and James Robinson, but it's, it's fun. And all of a sudden, you know, the, I think the narrative has changed, especially on Twitter about the, the running backs. And it was funny. Well, I saw someone tweet um, something to the effect of, you know, if you've got these older running backs, now's the time to trade them for all these rookie running backs. And I'm thinking to myself, like, like I think, I think the suggestion was to trade Joe Mixon for um, DeAndre Swift. And I'm thinking to myself, like, who's making that deal now? I mean, if you're a Swift owner, are you trading for Joe Mixon? Why would you do that? Yeah, you know? nobody's taking that. He's Joe Mixon is a target in the league where I can still trade. You know, I just don't, yeah, you just have to have a viable asset to send back. Yeah, I, I just level. don't. But nobody's doing that, right? Nobody's doing that. I agree. And that's what I was like, I saw, I, I didn't want to, I'm, I'm trying not to be a jerk on Twitter. And I wanted to say like, yeah, this is not great advice because no one is going for this. This. Um, you should this, trade this, David this. Johnson right now for Cam Akers. <laughs> yeah, Todd it's always really good... for, for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Todd Gurley plus a second, add a little sugar. And, and honestly, you know, I know this, this might sound crazy. It might not, but. Um, even, you know, like some of the higher tier running backs, like, um, you know, Dalvin cook and, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, you know, trying to trade those guys for some of these younger running backs, it's going to get harder and harder as we get into the, the, you know, the, the, um, off season, I think, because, you know, the, I think those rookie running back values are just continue to rise. Um, so, so that's always hard. E- even a stud running back when they get to be like 26, 27, um, that's, that's easier said than done. I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, but I think most dynasty owners are much more savvy now than they used to be. And they know that the shelf life of, of running backs, I mean, look at Todd Gurley. I mean, what, what was it only two years ago where he was just blowing it up and maybe, maybe it was three. I don't know. I've lost track, but I mean, yeah, that two. happened quick. You know, I David Johnson was his bigger. Yeah. 
yeah so it's it happens quick so you you know i mean that not all these guys turn out to be you know ap and you know have years and years of sustained success it's you know, it's, there's it's nobody who's been AP as, as far as well, I feel like a fantasy longevity starting running back. Right. But, I mean, but you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like, you, you know, we, we forget and we get so um, um, seduced by the, the production and, and, you know, you, you, you don't lose sight of age and just the break, just their bodies break down because of all the abuse these running backs take. So. Yeah. And, and by this point in the season, you've made your bed and you're kind of just, Hoping that from here on out that your older running backs, like like take a Dalvin Cook, even like older in quotes, uh, that he performs well for you in the playoffs and then doesn't get hurt from here on out. Because even in week 17 or if the Vikings like sneak into the playoffs and he sprains an ankle in that playoff game, his offseason value just tanked. Even though he put up a, a you know a great season. Yeah, and Dalvin Cook, he I think ever since he's been in the league, he's been even when he's had these really high moments, he, he's always a tough guy to to unload because people are just they you know he's labeled injury prone because because he, he pretty much is and look at all the carries he's getting all the abuse he's taking so I he's a really tough guy to move I think if you if yeah. you want you know trade you know you I, I don't know he's a, he seems like he's he's a great guy to have in your team when he's healthy but if you want to move him it's real hard um, all right well let, let's go with more moments what's your next moment yeah speaking of the rookie running backs Ryan. Uh, I was 10 yards away, 10 yards away. We'll recap this later, but this is important for it now. And this is a moment. It was almost a letdown. It's kind of a mixed, mixed bag of emotions from my second hot take in a row coming true. Uh, I think the Colts won that first passing touchdown, which is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, and they, they scored another touchdown. I was like, oh, this, this Javon Taylor take is going down the tank. But he ended up putting up 165 total yards and two tutties. So within 10 yards, I mean, that the... Uh, I still feel very good about that. I had him started majority of my DFS lineups. I mean, everywhere I have him in dynasty, he's already in your starting lineup at that point in time, especially when, you know, when playing against, uh, who are they playing against? It was it. Why am I forgetting? Tennessee? The, the Raiders. Oh yeah. The Raiders. That, that like. Raiders. Yeah. Uh, it, it just was such a smash matchup and I'm, I'm glad he smashed and they're looking at it again this week. I mean, they play Houston. So anyway, yeah. there was a big moment yeah. that just was fun to almost have two hot, bold, spicy takes in a row done. Plus JT breaking out. And how how about uh, oh, this is one of your uh, other moments? So I, I don't want to steal from it, um, but just the, just the Colts, like you know, we're you know, a month or two ago, didn't feel good about starting Taylor. Um, you know, we T.Y. Hilton was washed up. You can't use him. You didn't really want to play Philip Rivers, and now Philip Rivers is a viable option for you, particularly in superflex leagues going into Week 15, especially going against Houston. And you got T.Y. Hilton that's that's you know balling out, and and Taylor. I mean, the Colts suddenly are this exciting team for fantasy. It's 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 fun. I want to start T.Y. Hilton in my redraft lineup ride, but I feel like he's had two great games in a row, and it could it's a, it feels like a trap. He also has like this historic career record against the Texans. Yeah, he always he always was well against Texans, but but he may not in week 15 where you really need him. I, I the one place I have him I have to start him because I I'm so depleted with injuries. So I'll be rolling him out in, in Dynasty Darwinism. So hopefully we'll we'll face each other in week 16 if we can both get past our we both have tough matchups in the semifinal. Nah, we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll see. I I'm my I, I had such great running backs and I'm I'm you know what like CMC and Mixon I thought going into the year and everyone's injured. So I'm 
going out Chris Carson. And I think my second running back is actually David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm worried this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about, about my matchup, but we'll see. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers and uh, Justin Herbert or Deshaun Watson will, will get me through. We'll, we'll We're very opposite because my only starting quarterback in that league is Nick Mullins. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we, you're right. We have exactly like opposite teams in terms of strengths and weaknesses. It's pretty fun, but um all right uh let's see other moments for me oh this is a fun one I, i'm sorry it, it, please indulge me w- with this idp moment Ryan's idp want, moment of the week if, if you want to if you want to fast forward through it, i understand you could do the little 15 to 30 second advance on your you know podcast app of choice whatever but so i will i i barely made it last week the the idp guys uh 2020 invitational i i, I was the last team to make the cut um, and I, I, this week I easily made the cut. I was the second highest scoring team, 25 of us left. Good luck to uh, fellow competitors in that league. But, uh, so Kyle Van Noy was out. So I needed to pick up a linebacker. So I picked up Hassan Riddick and will, this has got to be my waiver wire ad, uh, certainly of the week, if not the year, because did you see the stat line? Um, it was crazy. He, he, he just, he had an unbelievable game, two tackles for loss, six QB hits, um, three forced fumbles, five tackles, and five sacks. Will Sonic <laughs> five sacks, forty-seven points for me in that league. So that was pretty awesome. What, what you know, just to get that performance. Only happens in IDP leagues where you can pick up somebody and they can blow up for forty-seven points, right? <laughs> Ryan, it, you know, it has to be like you. You, you got to preface that better, being like, hey, you know, I, I got in the spot, so I, I ran the analytics, I went through all my spreadsheets, and I put in this this other variable that's called the Ryan variable. It turned out Hassan Riddick was the best pickup, so I grabbed him. Yeah, you, no, gotta, you know the IDP Joes are going to be a thing next year. Streaming IDP jo- defensive yeah, players. Yeah, coming 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 in twenty twenty one. Um, so yeah, no, it's fun. I mean, that's one of the reasons I like IDP leagues is this crazy stuff happens. I, I could tell my story about how I had some several Cleveland Browns defensive players going in another IDP league and how much fun that matchup was back and forth on Monday night, but I will not go there because my listeners have already. I've already used up my IDP time for, for the fancy Joe's this week. So we can move on. No, I think we should talk more. What, what IDP players <laughs> underperform? Let's go through the list. All right. No, let's come on. Let, right. What's uh, what's your, what's your next I'll moment? go through a quick last two, just because uh, one is Taysom Hill targeting Alvin Kamara, 10 targets, seven catches, and then only up with only ended up with 44 yards, which usually with that kind of stat line, he ends up with a bunch more, but you got to start somewhere with this kind of pairing. It's going to happen again this week. It just gives you more comfort and ease, and it's nice for that that Alvin Kamara, you know, share whatever wherever you have him redraft dynasty, things like that. That that's I feel like that's very very big for that connection, and I really think it's just more of a Taysom Hill understanding where he can go with the ball because you would see him in games where Alvin Kamara is wide open for the dump off, but Taysom Hill would never looking there. So it's good coaching, it's good play by Taysom Hill. So at least for fantasy, I think that's a moment in the sense that that's. That's huge. That's huge for a player you've been relying on all year. And the other one is just a quick subtle moment of the week uh, is that CEH, you know, his value has been kind of up and down all year. Overall, you have to be slightly disappointed in, in what's happened and, and how much you've been able to do. He's still, you know, running back 14 in total points in PPR with missing a game. But, you know, he, he, you know, he, grabs, five pet, uh, he grabs five catches last, year, or last week. You know, he's, if you look, he's been involved in the passing game kind of off and on. But I still think the moment of that is his future is still so bright in Kansas City 
that we just can't be, let this be forgotten in the off season, especially if you're doing like a new startup draft. Don't forget about CEH because he's going to move down. And if you can snag him with a, with a really high or not, or with, with maybe even like a second, like a mid to late second round pick, I still think he's worth it easily. I totally agree. I, I think that's a, a good thing to point out because the way we talk about CEH, you know, we talk about, Oh, what a disappointment he's been. And, you know, Oh, look at, look at all these rookie running backs really have above him. And if you look at it, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, he, I, you know, according, according to my list, PPR running back 15 on the year. And I, I think he's just going to get better and, and, and grow. And, and I, I still think he's a, a, you know, obviously there, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but, he's really talented running back. And I, I agree. I think he's a value, um, especially now. So that's, that's a, that's a good, I, I think one of the problems will too, is that when we were going into the season and especially with, with, with redraft talk, you know, CEH kind of elevated himself into the first round. So people took him, you know, middle of the first late first. And, you know, he probably hasn't returned that value, although he hasn't killed you like some of the guys that got injured. So I think that has, kind of clouded the, 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 the view and, and he's, he's been kind of up and down. I mean, he's had some big games, but he's had some, some stinkers and people remember those. So yeah, I think, I think it's a really good observation. Uh, a, a guy I, I really like him excited about, and you're right. I think a, a great, should be a great value in, in startups. I think that's a good call. Uh, Cause I think probably in startups, it'll be interesting to see where do you think he goes among the rookie running backs? Not necessarily what round, but I mean, don't you think that, um, you know, probably five other, running backs go well f- at least four like the big five running backs we talked about i think people probably will take swift dobbins acres and taylor above ceh don't you yeah and, 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 and Antonio gibson too yeah if gibson comes back healthy i can see that too and if and if you know ceh doesn't boom the last two games of the season uh we may just forget about him the thing is too but they'll have a playoff run where their running backs typically really show well in the playoffs so we'll see no, that's good. That's a really good point. Cause you're right. If they, he could just crush in the playoffs and then people will remember that. And um, yeah, well, you might be able to acquire him now before that happens. Okay. Um, the only thing, last thing I want to add here for moments um, is basically, Will, did you hear about what's happening with um, um, the, the game that's going to air the playoff game that's going to air on Nickelodeon? January 10th. Yeah. So this is, I'm not making this up. This is, this is totally true. When I read about this, I thought this has to be some kind of like gag or something, but um, you know, CBS Viacom or Viacom CBS, um, you know, obviously Viacom owns CBS. They also own Nickelodeon. So as part of the negotiation, they they pitched to the NFL and NFL like this because they want to attract younger viewers, uh, a, a, a simulcast game on Nickelodeon to attract younger fans. So there's going to be like a, like a SpongeBob SquarePants, I think they're calling it SpongeBob Sports Pants pregame show. There's going to be a separate um, broadcast with with different people in the booth. I think Nate Burleson is going to be in the booth, and um, you know when yeah, uh, Nate, Nate Burleson known to all the kids. Well, still, you know, younger younger guy. Um, and after every touchdown, they're going to have SpongeBob and Patrick yell touchdown. There's going to be like um, like augmented reality slime in the end zone, and all these kind of fun things. They'll, they'll put like you know, after plays, like there's like a little thing um, uh, on Twitter you can find. So it's going to be fun. I mean, especially for people like me that have kids, I'm really pumped about this. I think it's a lot of fun, obviously for people that don't have kids, uh, you know, it's pretty much a novelty, but I shared this with my son and he's, he's seven years old. He's pretty excited about it. So I am very excited about this wild card game 
that's going to be on Nickelodeon. I will be watching the Nickelodeon broadcast, so I'll let you know how, how it goes. Uh, when, you, when you talked about with your son, did you lead off with the kind of like broadcasting network tree? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't explain okay, to him okay. that Viacom owns uh, CBS and Nickelodeon. And How's he going to learn about monopolies? Yeah, but um, but it's gonna it's gonna be fun, man. I, I'm I'm really excited about this. So, um, this is, yeah, this if they do a good job with it, it could be huge. And then in maybe four or five years from now, we have Nickelodeon Red Zone, Ryan. <laughs> what? That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's gonna be gonna be a good time. So that's that was a moment for me when I when I read about this. I'm like, this is awesome. So, but we should quickly do letdowns. We don't have a lot of them, but um, for me, I could probably go quickly and turn it over to you. Just some players that let us down in the in week 14. Um, on my list, I've got I had Corey Davis, who had been very consistent for us, who who you know just due to game script and Derek Henry just taking over that game, just you know didn't put up a very good stat line. Uh, Kiki Cootie lets you lets you down again. Yeah, Kiki Cootie, who uh, um, you know did catch the touchdown pass, but you know you, you thought he'd be more featured in that that offense. What's up, batch up against the Bears? I realize that. Uh, Gio Bernard, man, Gio Bernard. Oh, that's the you, worst. You think that he could have done something? Not that I expected him to blow up, but you know, running back two was a reasonable expectation, and and you know, I, I unfortunately had to start him in some leagues. And uh, needless to say, those teams are no longer in the playoffs. <laughs> so yeah, this is Jim, Jim Bernard's <laughs> moment. This is why you keep him on that roster. That's right. That's why he's been on my bench all year, right? It's like, oh, I can start him. Um, but so there's a couple of names to throw out there. I'm sure there are other disappointments, but those stand out in my mind because I started those guys. Oh, there, there's oh, there's one more. How could I forget the, the guy at the top of the list? Uh, Devontae Parker. Um, oh, he's the Devontae Parker letdown segment. So I already named him, right? Um, just you know goose egg that just uh, you know um he killed you if you if i had him in two two of my leagues playoff first round matchups and i'm out in those two leagues um partially because of him one league i don't think i would have won anyway even had a big game but anyway those are my letdowns what about you yeah parker had in a, the dfs lineup which was a letdown because that lineup also had kj hamler and like like i think like the dallas defense like some, a couple other lucky guesses uh in that i did the two of parker stack and it was just a two stack with a wasted roster spot. Um, Gesicki going down, I think, was a letdown as far as it's just kind of sad. Uh, they seem to have a good connection and moving forward. I don't own Gesicki, I think, anywhere uh, in Dynasty or Redraft, but that it was developing and you were seeing it. And it would have been fun for, for like DFS lineups and everything like that. And anybody who could have used Gesicki, they, it just seemed to work well between them. And he was making some flash plays. So that, I mean, the tight end landscape, when you have somebody that you feel like you can then start because that uh, quarterback tight end connection goes down, it just sucks. It's just, a, the tie, it just goes to that whole tight end position letdown of the year. Uh, DJ Chark, uh, just an up and down season. The one thing is he had nine targets last week, but only had two catches for 16 yards. DJ Chark has been a massive disappointment this year. Maybe with Minshew coming back, he can have a little bit of a resurgence in dynasty value. I don't expect him to be a key player on your team, but uh, for what he did last year compared to this year. And this is just like the epitome of kind of how it's gone in Jacksonville for him. Like nine targets and two catches. Like you're happy about one thing, but then very sad about the rest of that results. Then Ryan, the real letdown, real letdown of the week, non-football related. So I work for uh, head cycling products. We're a wheel company. Uh, my, one of my tasks is work with other bike manufacturers, domestically and internationally. And I was talking with this uh, Spanish company and I just made a quick like timing mistake because we were using military time. And I said, it could be available from these times. And they said, 
they could meet at you know 1300 hours third time and for some reason my mind i i made that 1500 or at 1500 which would be 8 a.m i'm already confused I, yeah anyway long story <laughs> short i thought i had scheduled me at 8 a.m but it's actually a zoom meeting at 6 a.m this friday morning oh god via zoom with our uh uh, our European kind of like sales rep, myself in this company, and it's gonna—I mean, it's gonna be great. I'm very excited that, that that we can talk to them, learn about how it all works because there's a lot of knowledge I need to gain from this. But 6 a.m. is a rough, rough start to the day. Oh my god, that's tough. You're gonna do that one from home, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh. That's. I'm probably. I mean, yeah. I, I would say I wouldn't wear pants for it, you know, and just like <laughs> wear like a nice shirt. But it's so—it's gonna be so cold in the office here that I'm gonna be like all bundled up. Oh, that, that, that stinks. No, no, uh, Raiders chargers game for you then on Thursday night, or maybe, maybe. Oh, I mean, I don't think, bit. I don't think you change your sleep. You can't really like change up your sleep habits for one night. I just won't get very much sleep that night. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I'll probably have to wake up at 3am, you know, because I'm always crushing, you know, like a two hour workout before the day. Uh, then I'm going to eat some raw egg. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't really, I just hope that I set like enough alarms that I don't like turn them off in my sleep. <laughs> I want to, I want to get back to something you were talking about um, DJ Chark, because I, I, that Jacksonville, I mean, this is probably obvious. So, you know, I'm probably saying the stating the obvious, but I think he is an interesting player to target in the off season because they're going to get a new quarterback there. Um, you know, pro- probably Justin Fields, I guess it looks like at this point. So I think one of the things that's been holding him down this year is his QB situation for whatever reason he has not, uh, developed any chemistry with Minshew and, and Minshew's been out. So I, I think TJ Chark is very good. And I think um, his star, dynasty stock will go up with, with the new QB situation. You might say the same thing with, about LaVisca Chanel as well. Cause I, I you know, the, he's the guy that hasn't really done much this year. So and maybe this is obvious and maybe the DJ Chark on there would be like, listen, he's going to get a new quarterback. He's going to be fine. I'm not interested, but just something to think about. Cause I think, I think there's so many, there's so many wide receivers will too, that are emerging. Um, I think you've got the, those, you know, 27, 28 year old, you know, old guys that are at, at the top of the rankings, you know, the Devonta Adams and Dinder Hopkins of the world, um, you know, Stefan Diggs, guys like that. And then the, the, you know, younger guys, the Brandon Ayuk's of the world, Justin Jefferson's where maybe shark just kind of, you know, slips through the cracks and people forget about him a little bit. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diggs is a different animal this year. Uh, I was looking at his stats. He's a 75% catch, like catch rate on his targets overall. It's, it's just he, with Josh Allen, just did not see this coming. Yeah. He's, he's been great. Bears has been beautiful. Yeah. And it's fun to see. It's, it's fun to, to cheer for, for Josh Allen. And, um, and it, you know, it's kind of fun to cheer for that Buffalo team. Cause they've, they've been down for so long and um, I, I like to see them uh, be successful. They've, you know, they've got great fans and, I know it's, it's, that's fun. It's a fun story. We'll, we'll, we'll see it, how, how they can do, how, how nice a run they can make. Right. And speaking about fans, I think we'll hit this more in the off season. I th- and I think we should look into it. So in the European leagues, uh, in football, uh, in soccer slash football over there, they're at the beginning of the seasons this year when they had no fans, uh, you know, like in April, May, you know, June ish, they had players that were popping, that were always great practice players, but never great game players because the moment would always be too big. And I, I, there is an effect on this in the NFL. I just don't know what that is yet. They're just, there definitely is. I'm a hundred percent for sure about that. I don't know 
exactly where to t- where like where to take that or how to value that in. I think that's def- it's affected passing this year, especially teams on the road and being able to you know change play calls, get get calls in, uh, snap counts, you know false starts, things like that on the line. Uh, I think that it'll be like if you believe like if we can figure out how to take it one way or the other, there'll be an opportunity to 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 make moves in dynasty based on this for potentially players that may not have as great of years next year. And I think the rookie quarterbacks are, might be the most affected. So I think like, I mean, Joe Burrow getting hurt kind of takes him out of it, but I think Justin Herbert is, is a good like test case to see how he goes into next year. I don't think you should, should sell on Justin Herbert because of this, because his arm talent and his, like, it's just the way he plays is so great, but it, it is, it matters that there hasn't been any crowd noise for him to deal with. It'll be interesting because I think Cunningham's argument to that would be that you know he he did play in front of some some loud um, hostile crowds on the road in college, like any any Power Five quarterback did, and he's had a chance to acclimate to the speed of the game. So once you combine what he's learned this year with his past experience playing in front of those crowds, he he might adjust okay. We'll 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 see. I, I don't. I mean, it's it's a good theory and. and you're right. I mean, I, it, yeah, we, I just we, have we to look more into it. I wanted to for this week and I, I just didn't, didn't get around to it. Well, let, let's, let's move on. Well, cause we got a, got a couple more things to talk about, including the, the tweet of the week. And this is our friend at W underscore Kane. And one of the big names, well, on Twitter in the, the Debbie community, the game name is getting a lot of buzz is Kyle Pitts. Our own Trey Barrett is a big fan of Kyle Pitts. Um, and and I, I like him too. I mean, if you if you watch him, he, he looks like he's an absolute stud. The, the tight end for the Florida Gators. So, uh, Kane says, I think the Kyle Pitts hype is at the point that if he isn't a top three tight end in fantasy for ten years, you're all going to be disappointed. The expectations are so high, especially if he ends up not being used as much as we might want him to be. So, and this is a good thread. It goes on and on. Um, so I want I want to get your your take on that, Will about. Like Debbie prospects in particular, and your experience with Debbie. Um, you and I both play a little bit of Debbie. Not we're certainly not experts, um, but like, what do you think about a player like this? Like he he really is getting hype on, on Twitter. People are really talking him up, and um, and and as a tight end, you know, like if if um, in a league, like tight end premium league, you know, where do you think Kyle Pitts should go? And do you feel do you fear that if you're drafting him anywhere early that you're, you're buying to the type hype and drafting this guy at, at his, you know, his, his ceiling or what do you think about guys like this to get this kind of hype on Twitter? I don't know. I don't, I guess I'm maybe I don't have a good read on the Cal Pitts hype on Twitter, but I think that he should have high expectations <clears throat> and a top three tight end. If you just go by this season, Ryan, if he's not a top three, three tight end, yeah, you're probably, you're probably going to be disappointed because the third tight end is dismal at this point in time. Even like Darren Waller hasn't had a, a great, a great season overall. Uh, so for the you know this guy who's this just it, what what he can do in the field and what he can do as a pass catcher is uh, it, it is incredible. So I think that he, where he ends up on boards because he he got hurt right, uh, and I wonder what what that's going to do with the you know the pre draft process and, and what, how it's going to change a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I think top three tight end is, is a little high for the next 10 years because with tight ends in general, everybody kind of has the expectation that they're probably going to get hurt at some point in time or deal with injury or have a longer learning curve. If, but you have to have the expectation they're going to take a little bit of time. So 
I think that if, if Kyle Pitts isn't a uh, top three tight end in, in two years, you know, after in the 2022 season, 2023, maybe three, let's give it three years. Yeah. You're gonna be disappointed. But you'd be disappointed with any tight end that you have high expectations for. Um, and if he's, and if he's not as used as much as we want him to be that you could say that about any player. I mean, well, well, I know, Keish- I know. Keyshawn Keish- Keish- Vaughn, we're very disappointed. He's not used as much as we wanted him to be. Yeah, but 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 the, but come on, he's gonna. I'm just, like- I'm just not as. I guess I'm just not as fearful of the of the hype. I think that it's, when it comes time, he should be a first round draft pick because that tight end can be the big difference maker. But you just have to know, and you have to be like emotionally ready to accept that risk. Right, um, and, and you know, I, I know that. You know, generally speaking, first round tight ends don't miss, but I, I think you do have to be willing to just be patient and, and invest in that position because it, it does take a long time to learn that position. And it, it's tight ends get injured more than other players. I mean, they, they just do. I mean, um, even one of the, you know, the, the, they probably the tight end one in Dynasty still, George Kittle. Look at how much time he's missed in his career so far. I mean, he's great when he's on the field, but um, it, it's a, just a tough position and it, it's it's tough to, you know, I, th- I think if you're, for me, if, if I'm looking at him or, uh, you know, a running back I'm excited about, I, I think I have to lean the running back as, as, as excited as I am about Cal Pitts. So I, I do want to say something though. You talk about the tight end three, um, TJ Hawkinson will has had a sneaky good year. I, I mean, I, I know he's not, but, uh, you know, Kelsey like numbers or anything, but he's been steadily good this year. I, I mean, um, if you just look at his numbers, he's, you know, uh, 16.6, He had one stinker against Washington where he's only scored 3.3 points, but otherwise Hawk has been, been pretty solid. So, um, so let's just cut it off there and, and we'll say we've got like three guys that we feel good about in 2020 using the tight end position. Yeah. And it, well, and I think that, yeah, it's just, uh, well, I guess you said cut off there, so I should just stop. You don't have to. About the tight end position. Well, the I mean, like even like like Noah Fant, when you have a, like a real starting quarterback and he's been on the field, he's been a, like a good tight end this year when he's been able to start, you know, and be in the games. It's a, uh, and then Irv Smith when he's been healthy and been in the games has, has boomed quite a bit. Like it's just we get we're getting like these uh, you're getting like a bite of the appetizer. Like you're really hungry, and this this awesome delicious appetizer is right in front of you. And you get to have one bite of that food, and then it's snatched away from you. So it's it's been it's been a very big like teaser this year at the tight end position. There's so many guys even in that bucket, right? You know, Johnny Smith's another name that comes to mind. Where Johnny Smith starts the year, he's he like, oh my goodness, Johnny Smith, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love Johnny, and I'm so excited about him. But yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, part of that I think is that that offense and uh, you know the Derrick Henry factor there in Tennessee. But anyway, um, Blake, Blake Jarwin was. Started off well, <laughs> Blake Jarwin. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want to? So before we get into our hot, bold, spicy takes, uh, we got a little bit of uh, Will random talk time. So Will, what do you want to? What what random thoughts do you have before we get into our hot, bold, spicy? Oh, uh, I mean, this is a big one, right? I'm going to go through it all. So we have to go through this. So this all starts off with the Buffalo Bulls college team and the prospect Jared Patterson. I know you've seen him because they had that eight touchdown game. Uh, on November 28th, it was just it was just insane. He has 18 rushing touchdowns in the year in five games. But a quick like side tangent on their team as a whole. So in five games this season, they're undefeated. They've completed a total of 53 passes. 
which is also crazy. I have not watched a minute of Buffalo Bulls, but this is kind of like a fun little diatribe. Uh, only two of those completions have gone to running backs. So his target and reception share of that team, since Jared Patterson doesn't have reception, uh, it's important that that just none of the running backs are getting reception of that team. The way the offense is run, it just doesn't go to that. They only have 17 completions, or out of their total 53, 17 came in one game. They have 1,800, or sorry, 821 passing yards, and they're starting QB uh, for, for their starting QB, and 357 of those came in one game. So long story short, right, where I'm going with this is, other teams know what is coming, so what they're doing is insane. You might think that they have a rushing QB. Uh, that is incorrect. Their starter has six rushing attempts in the season, uh, and he also has six rushing touchdowns. So he has uh, – sorry, sorry, six rushing attempts and six passing touchdowns. So he has as many rushing attempts as he has his passing touchdowns. I thought touchdowns you were going to say he's going to the ball. He's going to touch I'm like, give this guy the ball more. <laughs> it's, just so, it's just so weird. Uh, 33 weird. total touchdowns on offense, 27 of those came in the ground. This college team is just like enthralling when you just look at their, their stats from the year. So only six, six passing touchdowns for 27. They have only attempted, this is one of the most fun stats, Ryan. They've only attempted one field goal and it was between 40 and 49 yards and they missed it. They've attempted one field goal in the season. <laughs> one. Their I, kicker and- is money on extra points. Hasn't missed one, but one field goal so this team season. this team has to be pretty awful then the way you're describing them i don't know they're five and oh in the mac five and oh i'll give you a hundred dollars if you can name every team in the mac right now ryan uh, do you want me to try <laughs> no don't uh but their season low in I can name several points maybe not all is 42 like miami of ohio uh anyway so what, that's all, their, there's their season low points. Yeah, their season low in for, scoreboard for points. For the team that can't throw the ball. Wow, that's amazing. So this is all going back. What I want to bring this all back again. This is all about Jared, Jared Patterson and what this team is and what they're doing because it's weird. So how do you look at it as a whole? So because he's not going to have a big target share, he might not be the best NFL prospect, but it is it is crazy. He's either like five eight, five nine, maybe even five ten, depending on what website you look at. But he's basically ballpark around 195 pounds trying to find a lot about his athleticism because you want to look for, you know, these good running back prospects is, is, is tough. It might be his biggest hole is that he just isn't that fast overall. He's that, he's that Devin Singletary type uh, where, you know, he, he's going to have like great college production on the ground. His contact balance is insane, but uh, he just isn't, he's, you might not be ready for the NFL. And there was one kind of fun fun note about him because with his rushing production this year he's probably going to be drafted as long as he puts up okay combine numbers but this this guy Jared Patterson this guy Jared Patterson is a as a person is just super interesting so I just took one note from the draft network interview uh so they asked him they 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 were talking about his his high school performances and how he ended up at, at Buffalo and the the question was during my research I stumbled across the performance that you had against Riverdale Baptist in high school where you had almost 600 yards your team scored 41 straight points to win the game in overtime so tell me a little bit about that game and his story and Jerry Patterson is like it was crazy that was senior night of my senior year they had a lot of division one talent and we did as well it's crazy how that game played out the Penn State staff was actually there James Franklin flew in on a helicopter on the field because they had a recruit playing that game named Tariq Castro Fields so the head coach for Penn State flies in, lands the helicopter on the field 
to for to to watch recruits for this game like before the game they allow that okay and yeah, which i think is just such <laughs> i think the thing ryan that we don't even that's understand that's crazy because neither of us were high school prospects is just the insanity of being a high school prospect and the pressure that you're under it's it's crazy so anyway jared continues goes i really just wanted to go out with a bang and keep scoring uh they were down 21 to zero and jared went to his coach and was like i got us we're gonna win this game and then my favorite quote of the whole interview, I blacked out after that and the rest was history as he, he rushed that team to that win in front of all these, these college coaches who came to scout other prospects. So under maybe his biggest moment in the lights in high school with a, with a, you know, a head coach of one of the like uh, biggest programs in college football, landing a helicopter on the field beforehand, he, uh, he really boomed out. So I just, I, I I, I just wanted to note all this and, and kind of put it all down because the, the, the team has basically no passing. It's all rushing. There's not a lot of like targets to go around, but yet they're still, they're still doing this. And Jarrett Patterson is the engine that turns, you know, turns, turns, like turns this over. He's the one that makes this offense go. And so I, uh, I, I'm still very, very interested in, in what he's going to do and what this is going to be. He didn't have a lot of Division One offers, uh, so he, you know he ended up going to Buffalo, and uh, I think Ryan, I think this is fun. I, I want to root for Jarrett Patterson, so this is my Debbie like diatribe for the week because he's been very like talked about. He's been on like PFFs tweets, things like that, and uh, it's just it's crazy to read about these guys. Yeah, deep deep um, uh, prospect. I mean, I mean, obviously he's put up the numbers, so he'll he'll get the the look. Uh, coming out of high school, according to uh, 247sports.com, he was a, a two-star recruit, um, uh, you know, just not not e- even showing up in the national rankings. Um, not that that initially means anything, although there's a pretty strong correlation between the uh, level of recruit at a high school and pro success. So it's a fun underdog story to, to root for, Will. It's, it's, really, it's, it's really interesting. It's a very interesting team. Yeah, it, just, just the – just the way they're they're winning and uh no it's fun it'll be fun to see what what happens with this guy and we, we saw what we saw this year with with james robinson right not not that we're necessarily predicting james robinson is going to be this you know dynasty asset that's going to be you know running back one for years and years in the league but it can happen guys can come out of nowhere and, and produce and you know why not jared patterson it's going to be good yeah to see just, what he could just, do. just take the nuggets from this too for when we go into analytics season in the off season where we talk about receiving and the way the Buffalo Bulls are. They are uh, one of the oddest teams ever with one, only one missed field goal attempt, right? And 42 points is their lowest, like their low bar when it comes to the scoreboard. It's just, it's crazy. It's, they're, they're just, it's just wild. Well, any, anything else you, you've got, you got some other things here. Do you want to, you want to say yeah, that we for gotta later? Get these, Ryan. I'm going to, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you sit through them. Uh, one, Travis Kelsey leads the league in receiving yards. Uh, in ESPN, in just this league, uh, in total PPR points on the flex position, he's fifth. Uh, and then when you move it to points per game, he only moves down to sixth because of Christian McCaffrey when he's been in. So Christian McCaffrey's games that he's played this year, he's averaging 30 fantasy points, which is yeah. just shows you what we're missing out on this year. Yeah, But I think that's the, the key here is obviously Travis Kelsey is your, your league winner this year. He's your, I, I think he's hands down the fantasy MVP. I, I know James Robinson has been great at what he's doing, 
but the difference between James Robinson, maybe somebody who you drafted in like the fifth or sixth round versus what Travis Kelsey has done to the rest of the tight end landscape has just been insane. Uh, no, yeah, no, no question about that because you, you know, James Robinson has been very solid, very good, but you know, week to week, you know, you can usually find a replacement, um, you know, either on your bench in, in your dynasty league or in a redraft league, someone off the waiver wire, even sometimes in some shallower dynasty leagues, you can pick up some guys that you can plug in and will produce for you. Whereas Travis Kelsey, there's, there's nobody like that out there. I mean, he he's, he's always, he's always on the field. He's tied to Patrick Mahomes. He's just such a difference maker. He's so unbelievably good. You are right. He is going to be in a lot of winning, uh, teams in, in 2020 well because he's that free spot he allows you to play around with the rest of your roster because yeah, you sure. have this this he's the unique advantage of this year and a, a part of this is because we don't have that christian mccaffrey year this year christian mccaffrey last year put up 470 ish depending on scoring format ppr points uh right now the running back one is alvin Kamara at around 303 they let's like ballpark at like scoring systems and as you run down the list and you go through like the top 12, uh, right. I think one, Dave Montgomery is going to move up heavily with the, with their schedule and what they're doing. I think that he has the potential to be around, you know, you know, RB, he's going to end up like RB six or seven or maybe. Yeah. Right around there for the year. It's crazy. You know, so he's only, crazy. he's only six points behind Kareem hunt. Who is at RB six right now in, in, in PPR points total. And I think it's it's he could he could pass that. I mean, Aaron Jones is, is 15 points ahead. You could see that happening. And then you kind of skip ahead to the the James Robinson above tier. But the the long story short with this is running back scoring isn't necessarily down on the the lower the lower tier of running back ones because this is something that I wanted to look into as far as like how we classify you know like when you say RB one in a dynasty trade that carries a lot of value. So is this year's RB1 going to be devalued compared to last year? And my hypothesis going into this was that it would be. And I really don't think it's going to be. Uh, Chris Carson was running back 12 last year with about 233 PPR points. I mean, running back 12 right now, according to this, and you know, scoring can, can vary slightly, is, is Jonathan Taylor at 175. Uh, they have, you know, I really wish I could have filtered out week 17 for this. It's my big like pet peeve, but let's just say uh, Jonathan Taylor through the last three games, you know, can, can put up a, a decent stat line. Like it's going to be close. We're not going to be far off when it comes to the depth of the, of the running back position. We just haven't had that big boom. So I don't really know, uh, Ryan, I kind of want to get your, your feeling and opinion on this. You know, like how, what, what are you going to think about? Like when, when Montgomery finishes as a top 10 running back, uh, are, are, are you ready to, to change how you value him as a player or, you know, if you have him, are you just holding him if, or can you try to acquire him based on maybe that person has a lower, lower opinion? I don't know. You know, I, I think David Montgomery is a, is a solid running back, but I, I don't think he's anything special. And I think one of the things that people are forgetting about is the bears have a guy named Tariq Cohen that's been on IR for almost the whole year. And I'm worried that, next year and beyond that David Montgomery is not going to get the looks in the passing game that, that he's, he's, you know, been, been getting. So I, I do worry about that. Um, you know, cause he, he, so far he has 42 receptions this year, which is you know, pretty decent on top of his rushing production. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I, you know, if you, if you, if you look at the, you know, the, the, the game he just had this week, if it, if it wasn't for that, I, I know it, it happened. So you got to count it, but 
you know, that, that first play of the game, I think it was the first play of the game against the Texans. He went 80 yards. Yeah, for touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you and I could have, I don't know that we would have reached the end zone, but you and I could have easily got to that hole and, and, and got some yards. Nope. I'd have laid down. <laughs> it's you know what I mean? So I, I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to, to believe, but he's been doing it lately. Um, well, that being said, I think pe- everyone else has the same perception as me, and I think he's probably a hard guy to move. Um, I don't think it's bad to hold him. I, I don't think he's, um, you know, I think he's a he's a good running back, and he's going to be the starter for the Bears in twenty twenty one. I I just don't know that he's a RB one. I don't value him as an RB one. Yeah, and I think that's one thing uh, this year too. Like Zeke is RB seven overall in total points, and I, I I need to look at the the games and see if that just happened like more at the beginning and it's just really tapered off. But in the offseason, we don't look at like a game by game, you know, recap of what they're doing. And at this point in time, like Zeke's a disappointment, but he can't be that big of a disappointment. I mean, Mike Davis, though, is running back eight, which is is just insane. So yeah, four, four, four of Zeke's five biggest games this year happened in, in the first five weeks of the season. So that does put it in perspective. So, yeah, basically he was he started off hot with with Dak and when Dak, you know, was lost Zeke's production suffered and, and the offensive line. I think, I think that's when their offensive line started getting hurt too. So. Yeah. It's just been, it's just been a mess. Like Devonte Adams is putting up 26 points per game, which would put him, I think like just behind like McCaffrey last year uh, in points per game. And it's just been this, this, this momentous shift. And what I wanted to like, I wanted to just bring this to attention and kind of list out like a bunch of things real quick because this is something that you should note now and keep in mind for this off season that it's been a, it's been a weird year, but we're going to analyze things based on this year. And we're going to make it like, people are going to make opinions. You're going to hear a lot about how people have finished and what they've done and what their opportunity and efficiency was and choose the, choose the holes, you know, choose the gaps where you think you can get value. Like, like Rojo after the season, if they don't have to add another running back in the draft, you know, he's, he's running back 13. If he can, uh, you know, stay in that area, that, that running back, you know, 15 to, to 13 being listed as that in the off season is a huge, huge trade tool. It's going to be fun. Will, cause I, I think this rookie class um, running backs, wide receivers, the, the 2020 rookie classes has been phenomenal. And, it, it's going to be fun. Like I, I've not done any, like usually during the season, I'll, I'll do like a startup mock just to kind of, kind of see what the values are, but I've, I've not done one. Um, I, I haven't really even looked at the mocks that, that, you know, DLF does. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be, um, I don't know, since I've been playing dynasty, I think it's going to be the most interesting off season in a long time, because I think that we're going to see some really interesting fluctuation of values. It's going to, it's going to be good, good times. And I think, I think there's going to be some advantages for doing some startups. I think there'll be some, some real values. So no, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And, and it is, it is fun to look at the stuff and, 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 and try to predict what, you know, what this means, if anything, in 2021 and beyond. So good times, man. Good times. Yeah, good, I'm so excited that, that, that James Robinson has happened. It's just so much, we can, we can talk so, more, so much more about like undrafted rookies after the draft next year. <laughs> Ryan, is, this, is he the, is he the James Robinson? Yeah. Uh, they, they only come around every once in a while, but it's, it's special when they do. It's fun. Well, and with I, James I, Robinson, I, never, but. Yeah. And, and it, you know, I, I do worry that, you know, that he's, he's not going to get the same usage. I mean, I feel like that he's kind of in Jacksonville and we'll, we'll see what happens, but anyway, 
not to be downer. Let well, let's let's move on. Let's see if any other final thoughts because we've got to get into our hot bold spicy takes. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, week fourteen, I, I was I was bad. Um, I, I went with the Lions again. I, I, you know why did I do that? And they did not beat the Packers. Um, the Packers, you know, pr- pretty much were in control the whole game. I felt even though it was somewhat close um, at times. Uh, Matt Stafford was not a top 12 QB. In fact, he left early. So I, I said injury voids it though. So I guess that means I didn't completely fail. Cause I did put that in my take. So I guess I get, I don't, I don't get my take right, but you know, anyway, but you I, just I know, about got your take. healthy Stafford count. Like would it would have gotten that either. He might've though. I mean, there's decent time left in the game. I mean, they, okay, okay, they, okay. they kind of got a couple touchdowns with Stafford in there, but, but who knows? It, it doesn't matter. I didn't get the take right. Anyway, anyway, because because Detroit wasn't going to win. Um, I think the injury voids it was for Swift. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why we put that it, in there. It doesn't matter. I didn't get the take right. Because so. yeah, because if it's voided, it wasn't going to be right anyway. Well, well, because like, AP was not a. a I said he was going to be RB two. I, I think when we recorded the show, I thought Swift was going to miss another game. So that was that was a dumb thing for me to put in on my part. Uh, Matt Stafford, though, believe it or not, was the uh qb 15 um even though he left so it, it was somewhat close but anyway forget about it you want to talk about your almost uh correct take which was a good yeah one. so it was calling out that the you know the colts were gonna go on the road in a dome with no fans to the raiders uh they were only three point favorites i said they were gonna win by 17 plus jonathan taylor uh you know the the, the rb1 from this this running back class roughly uh, is gonna go off for 175 plus yards and one and a half tutties so, one ride, the Colts did win by 17 points, which is a very bold call, uh, which was awesome that, that that ended up happening. And Jonathan Taylor hit 165 yards, 165 yards. And his usage early in that game was very worrisome. So, it makes it harder to really, like, it's weird that they didn't use him more earlier uh, and, and the way that game flow went. But it was fun. It was fun. They're still saying they're going to ride the hot hand. So Naheem Hines is still going to get plenty of, plenty of work. Um, well, Naheem Hines played the annoying. whole first drive. It was, it was very odd. Yeah. So it is odd. it's a, I don't know. I, I got it wrong, but it feels like I got it right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was good. It was darn close. So I'm eager to see how close you are this week. I am going to go first since I tend to not get even close to these things. So you can give the exciting one that people can actually take actionable advice on and, and put money on. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel real strong about anything this week, but, but looking at the slate of games, I saw the Atlanta Falcons, they're five and a half point underdogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Tampa Bay is, is, has not been an impressive team this year. And, um, you know, they've, they've kind of beat up on, I think some bad teams and, and, and good teams. They, they don't fare so well, not that the Falcons are a good team, but I think they're playing better. Their defense has played a lot better recently. Um, so, I, I think the Falcons are going to beat the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I think that Brady is not going to have a particularly good day. Um, I think he's going to finish outside the top 12 of quarterbacks. I think most sites have him projected to be a top top 10 quarterback. Actually, I think one side I was looking at had him projected to number seven. And uh, I don't think any Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receivers are going to finish as top 24 wide receivers. So Mike Evans, um, Chris Godwin, AB, maybe that's not such a hot take, but um I just I think the Falcons are going to beat the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, see the the whole parlay aspect of this run, we need to give like 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 credit to. But I think if the Falcons win the game, 
those other things pro- might, like, might happen. So, but but top twenty four for not one of them to be in the top twenty four. So like you know four catches for forty yards and a touchdown puts you in the top twenty four, right? Uh, it might not feel that hot. But I th- oh man, you don't seem that excited. So I feel like I should give it like ghost pepper just for like the excitement factor. But I think all three parlays should be a Carolina Reaper. All right, what do you want to give it? Ghost pepper or Carolina Reaper? I'm gonna go Carolina Reaper. Like three parlays is insane, man. All right, fair enough, fair enough, and and um, you know, I I I mean, in theory, the Bucks should beat the Falcons. I just I I don't know. I just I've just not been impressed with Tampa Bay. They've, they've kind of been a letdown. You know, if we're talking about letdowns for the season, um, I, you know, I, I was kind of more excited what we see, and you know, I, I just think that in terms of their the, for fantasy, I, I you know, I, I know Mike Evans has had you know he's he's been he's been good. He's he's got some touchdowns, which has kind of saved several of his weeks. But obviously, Godwin has been a big disappointment. Um, I guess you could it, it, the the backfield of Tampa Bay it, as as soon as you know we we think we we know what's going on I, you know with it just feels like it changes uh, like I I was really excited about Ronald Jones and then this whole finger thing happened and it's like oh man so I don't know they've been disappointing for me and, and really the Falcons have too other other than Calvin Ridley Julio's been hurt Matt Ryan is just a shell of himself it seems so I don't know yeah it's a it's a mess. Yeah. So let's go on to your uh, take in, in a interesting game as far as I'm concerned. So Patriots at the Dolphins. Uh, the Patriots beat the Dolphins in week one uh, in New England. So, but the, the, the Dolphins are two point favorites. So I think the Dolphins come out there and they win this game by 10 plus points because the Miami factor. And then, Ryan, this is where it goes. My boy now i guess my boy because i did mention him earlier that he was a sneaky pickup for last week was lynn bowden do you remember this because he had running back eligibility play the, you tape, mentioned, back, you, play, play the tape back i think you mentioned him i i i, I vaguely remember you mentioning him yes but i i know i specifically said lynn bowden is going to be a fantasy starter for you this week and you, you should you start did, him absolutely 100 you did not pound you did not pound the table no i just was like oh lynn bowden no <laughs> uh getting on the field i i he he got hit pretty hard in that last game but i'm going ryan for this game that if on you plug him into your wide receiver wide receiver slot and he's going to be a wide receiver one in full ppr for week 15 i'm trying to see where he would have been this past week because um he's he's listed under the rb ranks not the wide receiver ranks that i'm looking at but um I, I yeah, th- I think this is pretty hot. Um, the Lynn the Lynn Bowden part is the, is the one that that's that's hot. I, I just I don't know if if he has that kind of upside. I, I think that you know this is very much narrative street. But how well is Tua going to play a, a rookie QB against the Patriots? Um, I, I don't know. Although the Patriots never play well in Miami, it seems so. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So I, I don't think it's so hot to say that, that Miami beats the Patriots, especially the way the Patriots have looked. I mean, they just have looked bad. Miami's got a good defense. I, I think that's a big problem with the Patriots this game. I, I but just don't all, know how that... But I'm just calling over eight points of the spread. You only called five and a half points of the spread. Yeah, I realize, I know. I realize that. I realize that. And, and Vegas knows what they're talking about. So um, I'm actually surprised that Miami's only two-point favorites. Um, but but I, I think that I, probably this will be one of those slow – um you know low scoring games you know kind of kind of back and forth um so i I will give this 
I guess I'm going to give it a ghost pepper because I, I, I just don't think it's, I don't know. I, I, I just think that the, 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 the part is the, the part that's really hot, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's two things. Maybe I'm not being, you know what the heck, I'll give it a Carolina Reaper. I, I want to be fair here because, because the, 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 the lot has to happen to, to go right for this. Cause I think it will be low scoring. And even if Miami wins by 17 for, for Bowden to be a, a wide receiver one that's that's going to be a tall order so yeah well he's going to have a passing touchdown a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown and that's where it could happen that's the thing he he yeah because because they're going to utilize him in different ways so yeah i guess that's possible so all right um any any two minute warning any final thoughts will uh one what happened with lynn bowden and the raiders as a third round pick they got moved for a future fourth round pick later on very curious to see how that all like shook out uh, the Raiders aren't like hurting for roster space, I'd assume at this point. But I, I that's a, it's just, it's just a very weird situation. Uh, the other the other part is, uh, good luck in everybody's fantasy playoffs. Hopefully, you're in a bunch of them and you're crushing it. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you have full PPR and you, you need a, a a last ditch diving save, Lynn Bowden's there for you. Yeah, I, I think that. You know, one thing I'll, I'll just, I don't really have any final thoughts, but, but I w- will talk about the Raiders and, and it, it's interesting you mentioned that because I don't know how good that franchise is at, at, at drafting um, like um, Farrell who they took, he, he was a fourth overall pick last year, you know, at the defensive end. And, and he's been a bust, man. You know, they, they, they reached for him at the time. People questioned that pick. They th- they thought they reached for him and, and he's been an absolute bust so far. Um, so I, you know, Henry Ruggs, I know the jury's still out, but if he turns out to be good, I, it feels like the Raiders don't know how to use him. So I, I really wonder ab- about their talent evaluation process there um, in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, maybe they just, they just blew it by, by maybe, maybe he'll turn out to be something and they, they had it right, but they uh, overthought it and, and they shouldn't have tried to do it. With Miami. They're the most, yeah, they're the most Jekyll and Hyde team. I feel like in the league this year, I mean, they beat the chiefs in Kansas city. I mean, division with, rival with, though. With several, I mean, with several thousand fans in the stands, but in Kansas, like in Kansas, like they, they beat the chiefs, Ryan. Chiefs. I know. I know. And, uh, and they beat, and they beat the, the saints at, at home or early in the season. Yeah. And they, the, at saints though, they look dominant. Yeah. It was, uh, and you're talking about like two super bowl head, like heavy favorites. Like the, the, the chiefs are obviously yeah. the number one favorite to make it there. And the, the Saints are very high up there. I, the one thing I want to note, Ryan, that I absolutely – and I almost put it as a letdown of the week, and I should have, and I should have remembered it. So hopefully everybody's listening at this point in time, is the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator. That is horrible for fantasy. Uh, this is a team we were picking on. It was a matchup that you wanted, and now they're making a change. So what you wanted to is for that defensive coordinator to stay in there because he was doing a terrible job, and we could – <laughs> we could leverage that for fantasy points and now we have an unknown and so i ben, bench your chargers this week that. bench your yeah. chargers <laughs> i mean i wanted to play uh what's it tyron johnson from the chargers you know because if mike williams is out and yeah he's Hunt i think he's gonna be out yeah because tyron johnson was on the field for 77 percent of the snaps last week like a high percentage and that that i think overall that matters when you look at like how to look at the next week with young with players that oh sure unknowns oh yeah like, like like Chad Hansen's snap percentage was super big when he had a big week, and then he actually did pretty well. He's a what so, that flex for sure. So yeah, so that's 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 Tyron Johnson. So if, if Mike Williams is out, 
I guess I, like, I have to put in waiver bids for Tyron Johnson now. I just have no confidence because <laughs> I, I looked him up. Like, do you know what, do you know what school he went to or anything? I believe – I think he went to, like – it was either Texas or Texas Tech. It's uh, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I had not heard of him until last, last week, honestly. And maybe, maybe it's Tyron or Tyron. But uh, <laughs> I just uh, when somebody plays that many snaps in it, and it, this this like fun Justin Herbert led offense, he went to Oklahoma State. Okay, back to that that whole like Big Twelve like mismatch. Yeah. But uh, that's the thing is though that defensive coordinator change with the Raiders it makes me nervous. It just is when somebody's doing so bad. Yeah, we can leverage that and then they replace him. You got to think that person is at least going to do slightly better. Yeah, or the team might be more motivated. And, you know, it's a new defensive coordinator. They want to play well for him or something like that. We'll, we'll see. I still think the Chargers will probably uh, put up some points. Uh, I think Austin Eckler is due for a really good game. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But Austin Eckler has been having really good games. No, no, I know. I, but I think he should. He, I think he's going to have a big, big week this week. But anyway, well, we, we should get out of here. We are the Fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle for the Joes is at, at FFJoes. My Twitter handle is at Librarian. Will's is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. You can support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Hit me up on Twitter for all the Chad Hansen hype train. Choo-choo! Mm-hmm.